Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm Andy Buckley, and I played David Wallace on The Office. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of The Office Deep Dive. I am your host, Brian Baumgartner, and this week we are coming at you with somebody that you have all been waiting to hear from. I cannot wait to get started. Today's guest is a man who means business, and I mean he really means business. Not only was he the CFO of Dunder Mifflin, which was arguably the greatest and most successful paper company, maybe even any company of all time. But as a real human person, he was moonlighting as a stockbroker for Merrill Lynch the entire run of the show. Yep, you guessed it. The genius who brought Suck It into our lives, Andy Buckley, who also happens to be one of the treasured members of our office fantasy football team, who last week lost by one point to moi because I had Austin Eckler, thanks to Rain Wilson, who dominated on Monday night. So, Andy, suck it. Now, Andy came onto the show a little bit later. In fact, he referred to himself as a distant cousin of the cast, 
for the first several seasons, he was on board, but he really grew to have a special place in our hearts and the hearts of the people back in Scranton, Pennsylvania. To this day, if you run into Andy on the street, you might come away with a special office-themed surprise. Hint, hint. Andy has gone on to do so many big things, from Jurassic World to Shameless and Veep, but he credits it all to his time on The Office. So, from the mean streets of finance to the not-so-mean streets of Scranton, get ready to hear from the boss of the world's best boss, the master of deadpan, Andy Buckley. Bubble and squeak, I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. I'm great. Good to see Good you. Good to see you. Good to see you. I, you know, I wore my finest. There it is. You know, Dunder Mifflin. I'm not. I'm not playing around. You're not playing I'm around. I'm the owner of this company. You, you are the when owner. When last we left. Oh, sit there. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'll tell this you. This is half the fun. I like to put them on. Oh my God! Yeah, this is how people get in trouble. They, <laughs> they, they think it's you know, and then they say some thing they shouldn't say, and then their career is over. Well, that's what I'm trying to make happen that's, for you here I today. Know. <laughs> it, uh, hey, how this you is doing? Alex. Alex, hello, sir. Alex, I haven't Andy. seen your coat today. It's very. Are you cold? It's it's a little chilly in there. Oh, okay. Trying to, trying to stay warm. Well, that's how Brian likes it. Yeah. You know? exactly. That's how Audrey chilly. Hepburn liked it. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn, all the Hepburns. No, Catherine Hepburn. She liked that. Right uh, yeah. Does that does that feel Thank good? <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. There would be a joke. Oh, no, that's... Here's the, here's the thing. Oh, I've gotten people to say way worse than I'm that. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, how are you? I'm great. Avenue 5 got picked up, which is good. Yeah, Got a job, baby. There you go. Where you does know? that film? Across the pond, as they say, in London. Like right, it's literally, okay, it like is in I, London. I'll, move to, I'll be in London for five months. Wow. And Gabe is on it. AKA Zach Woods. Yes. Um, it's great. Can we swear? Yeah, we can say whatever okay. we want. It's so funny. I took a couple of notes of like funny things. I remember, but it's so it Bring out your notes then. It, it, it reminds me of the, um, it was one of the last episodes. It was the opening teaser. I come in and I'm like really pissed at John Favreau directed. I'm really pissed at Ed because you were on a fucking boat yeah. for three months. We did it three, I don't know, four or five times. Everybody says, great, fine, good. Um, and I said, more, more. And so, so, like, we did it like three or four more times. I, I'm saying, this motherfucker, you fucking, like, I was Tony Soprano or something like that. And, uh, and you know, ultimately, Greg said, nah, we, we, you can't, like, we can't, you know, you're, right. it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't match what, like, the character was. Right, right. But right. it was like Kate Flair, I remember the time she walked in, she's like, what the hell is going on? Because like they walk in and they just they don't know what's going. They just hear this, this explosion. explosion. Right. Yeah. It's just fucking bullshit. Right. <laughs> oh like, my god. Um. 
So you let's re, let's rewind. Yeah. Before you started on the office, that was our warm up. Yep. What were you doing? I was born in Boston. No, uh, so I. Um, you no, were. I, yeah, you were born, born in Marblehead, Massachusetts. Uh, yeah, at the Salem Hospital, but I'm from Marblehead, Massachusetts. Uh, so many of us are from the Marblehead, yes. uh, the Massachusetts area. Yes. Uh, the car pack, the smart pack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, no, yeah, so I, I got. I went to college, moved to New York, studied acting, moved to L.A., meandered around, didn't like set the world on fire to you say did, the least. But you did a Melrose place. I, not only did I do a Melrose place, I did a Caroline in the city. So oh, I mean, there you go. You know, check it out. I did a silk stockings. I was voted silk stockings. I was voted the worst acting in the history of silk stockings. So like that's that's pretty that's me coming I was <laughs> I was horrible. <laughs> okay. Was, okay, was, that was your award. <laughs> that was my I was like wait I gave a second. Did, this did they really actually have happen? that award? Yes. The Razzies for Silk Song. <laughs> uh, but God, I was terrible. But um, yeah, no, then I, I I actually like packed in acting and started working at Merrill Lynch. I was a stockbroker. Wait, wait. So you stopped acting? Well, it's not like I was doing much of it, but I officially said, all right, shit, I got to get a, come up with a, a job. Or my wife, uh, who was my girlfriend at the time, said, Buckley, <laughs> come up with a job. This is ridiculous. Your, your life is ridiculous. So it was, uh, you know, by... Stumbled into Merrill Lynch, and there was an actor I knew who worked there, and he said, "Hey, come on, interview." And uh, and you know they 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 hired me. They were kind enough to hire me. I'm pleasant. <laughs> Wait, did you have well, any experience? I, I had no experience, but you know I'm reasonably reasonably smart, and I you know and I'm seemingly trustworthy, and you know I was a great golfer. You know, like right. Those, well, it's just very important. They they I think they thought, okay, this guy will be able to bring in some clients. So that was it. No, so I was I was there. I was doing that, and I, actually, I loved it. I mean, I I stayed at Merrill Lynch in Century City, is where the office was, um, throughout the whole run of the show. The last season is when I finally left, like halfway through the very last season. So that's what I was doing. And four and a half years into that, I had run into Allison Jones, <clears throat> excuse me, my patron saint. She's completely changed my life for the good, for the for the great. And uh, I ran into her at the local farmer's market where we're in the, live in the same neighborhood. She's like, Buckley, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm a stockbroker. Like, I'm, I'm married. I got a kid now. And like, apparently, I've grown up. And she, uh, she's like, all right, well, give me your card just in case something comes up. Who knows? You know, I said, oh, okay. And my wife is an acting coach and has become like a pretty sought after acting coach. But she had started her class and I was going to her class. So I had started to like fall back in love with acting and and for the right reasons and really was loving doing it and it was a you know small class so then Allison calls me five months after I saw her on the thing or four and a half months something like that and says okay Buckley you should I can't believe I found your card but I'm glad I did you should come in I think you're the right guy he's the CFO do you watch the office I'm like yeah yeah that Kevin Malone's incredible <laughs> um and uh and so I go in I sit there and I'm waiting in the in the room. Like I duck over from my office, you know, my Century City office. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. Yeah, you're at Merrill Lynch. Yeah, and you're taking acting classes from your wife, just because she had started the Nancy, class. Nancy Banks. Nancy Banks. Yeah, great Nancy Banks. You know, she had like seven people in her class. I'm like, oh, I'll be the eighth. It'll be an even number of scenes. Okay, it's funny. I, it's like the the two guys in the class were me and Channing Tatum. And so really? no nobody, of course, wanted to do scenes with me. <laughs> oh, the teacher's <laughs> husband? Oh, wow. Yeah, who's the hot, who's the hot, you know, stud? Um, Fascinating. Yeah, she's been she's been she's been working with him since before, like anybody knew him. And he's a, as lovely as as can be. 
But yes, so I'm doing that. Uh, and so Allison calls you and says, "Come in." But you're doing that because you you are just liking it. You're falling in love with acting, exactly. Yeah, which was, I mean, that's what I wanted to do from the time I saw my first James Dean movie when I was 15 or whatever, and thought I'd be, you know, the brooding heartthrob or whatever. I don't know, a brooding, confused teenage kid, <laughs> right. and um, and now I'm just a brooding, confused adult, uh, you know, 50 year old man. <laughs> and uh, but no, so so I go, but it was funny. I'm sitting in the waiting room. And then all the actor, oh shit, why am I here? Look at all these guys. These they're gonna, I mean, I'm you know, and then and then Chip Eston is there also auditioning. I'm like, oh shit, there's there's Chip. I'm like, and he's the guy for the folks at home who played Josh Porter. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, they're gonna hire him. Like, what am I doing here? This is ridiculous. Like, he's great. And then to make matters worse for the negative actor head, Rain pops his head into the waiting room, and he and Chip are buddies. And he says, Hey. Good, you're here. Great. Look, I also told them you should read for this other part. Luckily, because he's going to do, I don't know, a bunch of episodes. This, I think, is just a one off. So he's, then Rain says this in front of you. Well, he, he pulled him aside. I just happened to be sitting close. I don't think everybody else heard it. I just, you know, like, it wasn't like he broadcasted right, right, right. across the room. But uh, I'm like, oh, okay. So then I go in, and it's Allison and Michael Shore and uh, old Mikey. Ken Tremendous. And I do the scene, do the second scene, feel good about it. And Michael's like, now wait, now you're you're like a financial guy, right? You're a, that's what you're doing. Like, yeah, I'm, you know, at Merrill. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. And I'm a Merrill Lynch guy. And he's like, okay, okay, good. And then the next day, Allison calls me and says, all right, they're going to hire you, Buckley. They're going to give you glasses, maybe gray your hair a little bit. And that was it. And it was like, it was awesome. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So and at that point, did you you thought it was just one episode? I thought it was one episode. I mean, it was so fun. And Greg directed that episode. And um, and it was so great that it was oh, I just loved it. I mean, I remember the first scene that we did was the conference room scene, and I would do it, and then he would come up and he'd say, Okay. And he would just like whisper in your okay, try it, try this, you know, try it, what whatever the suggestion was. And it was awesome. And I thought, oh, that'll be fun. Maybe I'll get to do like, you know, one a year or something like that. That'll right. be neat. And then I really started to think, oh, man, I may be on this a fair amount after we hired Ryan to work in corporate. So to answer your question, I had, I was a stockbroker. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's interesting to me because it's the same thing with Phyllis. Like Phyllis was a casting associate. Yeah. Right? For, Who I mean, just read naturally with the people who were involved. Yeah. And and yeah, so it's interesting that Mike asked you those questions. Yeah, yeah. And it was funny because the guy who ran my office at the time was just a lovely guy. Like he wasn't some corporate, you know, asshole that you sort of, the cliche of what, oh, the corporate guy. Right. He was just like a great guy. Um, Dick Valentine, if you're listening, we're still buddies. But it was like, yeah, Dick's a good guy. This guy doesn't have to be like some, you know, jerk. He's, right. He's a good guy. You right. know, why not? So in that first episode, it was just Stephen Melora, right? Well, that was the second scene. The first scene, it was Steve Melora, and then Chip uh, was in that, right. jo- Josh Porter, and uh, the guy that was like, uh, well, maybe I should have just slept with Jan too. I'd yeah, be fine. Right, 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 right. Um, funny actor. But, but in uh, terms of the, you know, the original sort of core cast with yeah, Steve and Malora. Yeah, yeah, Steve and Malora. I mean, at this point, it was occurring to me when I was looking at a meeting with you today, by the time you came on the show, Steve was a movie star. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. you know, when we started, he wasn't. Had you seen 40-Year-Old Virgin? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd seen that. I'd seen the show. And I'm like, holy crap, that's, you know. Right. And, uh, and I mean, yeah, he couldn't have been more, ever, you know, everyone couldn't have been more welcoming. And he's such a, a pro. And he's just always coming up with funnier, different ways to do it. And which is really, I guess that's a Second City thing. I've Maybe it's a Steve thing too, but it's a something they try to do in Second City. You'd never do the same thing in a row or you know twice right 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 i mean you certainly had scenes with other people but so much of your interaction was with michael scott yeah and you guys played so well together how was it for you playing with him oh my god it's spectacular i would of course constantly laugh i mean he would just make me laugh if we did eight takes four of them i would have burst out laughing Oh, it was hard for, yeah, it was hard for anybody, for sure. Did you, when you come on, say, for the first time, when you entered the bullpen at Dunder Mifflin for the first time, or with working with Steve or whatever, yeah. did that make you nervous? Oh, of course, yeah. The first day I was nervous as, as heck. Um, and then that thing, you sort of settle back into, okay, what am I doing in this scene? Why am I here? All that stuff. And, you know, and Steve, you walk on, you know, walks right over hey how you doing i'm steve you know glad you're here blah 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 you know just couldn't be more gracious and greg uh was like that as well and, you know everybody um and well it's funny because like as you said the first i don't know uh, the first number of years it was always me and steve yeah mostly but it was always corporate so i was never in the bullpen it, it was always he would come or, it was season five or six, i don't know when i started going to scranton right but the first few times I was like oh wow like, I'm never here. This is wild. And I mean, I didn't really know anybody. I didn't, you know, I didn't know you. I didn't know Kate or, you know, Angela, any of the people really. And you were all very mean. No. Uh, <laughs> yes. Especially you. Yes, especially. No. <laughs> no. And, and so I was like, oh, wow. This is wild. Yeah. Like, I'm never here. This is only smokes. The one thing I think that really, uh, I feel like this made a, a significant difference in them perhaps using me more was the convention in Scranton. I sort of got myself invited to that. So we had, we had finished season three. You know, we hired Ryan. I start thinking, mate, I wonder if there's a way I can sort of figure out how to create some business Merrill Lynch-wise with this. So I just look up, is there a Merrill Lynch office in Scranton? And lo and behold, there, there is. I call the office, and there's a fellow who was there at the time. And he said, uh, hey, we're, they're having a convention, you know, in about a month. And are you coming to that? And I'm like, oh, no. I know the guy putting on the convention, Tim Holmes. And uh, he said, let me call him. So, like, he set it up for me to meet Tim, and Tim said, hey, come on, we'll bring you in. And so it was great to get to be a part of that because I didn't know anybody. I didn't know the writers. I didn't know. Right. So for three days, like, I get to be around, and I'm there, and I'm talking to people. And I feel like that made a – I don't know. I feel like it made a difference because then the writers got a sense of, like, ah. He's all right. He's okay. He's, he's not a, a bad decent, guy. He's know, a decent he's, yeah, guy. He'll, yeah. he'll do. Uh, let's bring him back. That's fascinating. How was it for you, just on a personal level, having two jobs for such a long period of time? I mean, was that about security for you or? Yeah, yeah. And hey, I mean, I really enjoyed my time at Merrill Lynch. Like I, and, uh, and I got partners when I started getting busy. Because when I started getting on the show a lot, that didn't necessarily take a ton of time. I mean, the most I ever did, I think, was 12 episodes. But it was because of that that I was getting opportunities to audition for a ton of stuff or get to be in some movies and things like that. Or 
I had then had gotten on this other show, one of these teen dramas. It was a really great, fun show called The Lion Game, like a Pretty Little Liars type mm-hmm. thing. So then it was a little crazy. I was like, all right, I'll probably leave in a year or two, but let's just keep me on the books. And, and then I eventually left at the end of uh, 2012, I guess. Through, throughout your time on the op, going back a little bit, how aware were you from episode to episode or season to season, how much you're going to be involved? Not at all. Well, that was the, the crazy thing on season five. I mean, it's kind of funny in hindsight, because I would just get a call from Allison Jones. Hey, they're going to use you next week. They'll email you a script. I'm like, oh, great. I didn't have an age. I had not, like, I didn't have anything. That's awesome. And then after a little while, Allison was great. She's like, I'm going to get you some more money. You should be getting paid a little more. And she did that. And then, you know, I ended up in a ton of the episodes that year. I was like, man, if I, like, would have had an agent, like, I might have been able to make, like, a lot more money and, like, what could have been a regular? Man, what was I thinking? But I, like, I would have that thought fleetingly and, like, hey, man, are you kidding? So I I didn't really uh, dwell too much on that. But, no, I I wouldn't really know. And then at the end of season five is when Randy uh, Cordray said, hey, they're going to, you know, we got to get you some sort of a deal next year. And I said, oh, hey, great. All right. And then that was the year like, they got rid of me. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, we're, we'll give you eight or ten shows. And at the end, you'll be gone. And you thought you were gone for good. I thought I was gone for good. And we're doing the table read. And I'm reading it. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and I said to Paul, am I gone? He's like, yeah. For, you know, we'll figure out a way to bring you back at some point. But then, you know, it was so funny when they did ultimately bring me back like a year and a half later, I met a local Scranton fundraiser. I just happened to bump into Ed at the bar. They're like, hey, Buckley, you're back. Just (laughs) Just go with it. Just go with it. (laughs) Okay. That's amazing. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. So I want you to I want you to teach me a little bit. In late 2008, early 2009, the housing bubble yeah. burst and we went into a recession. So first off, I want you to educate me. What was the financial crisis that happened? I mean, I guess there were all kinds of things, but what the big thing was the lending on questionable credit. So what, what you had was uh, all this lending going on. You know, you had, you had whether they actually were at the banks or actual individual more mortgage brokers, they, you know, all these banks lowered the credit uh, standards that were necessary, that had been necessary to get a, a loan. So all kinds of people were getting houses or condos or, and then buying second houses and third houses and, and all kinds of stuff. You had people who, you know, generally would be lucky to, uh, to own one house with basic credit standards who suddenly own like, you know, four or five houses. And, and then it just reaches a, a crescendo. We're like, wait a second, this guy can't pay right. a mortgage on five houses. He can barely pay one. And so then the banks just start losing all kinds of money. I mean, it was crazy. There was, there was a, the weekend that Lehman Brothers went out of business, like Merrill Lynch almost went out. Like it was two or three different ones that were possibly going to go out of business and, and Lehman Brothers was the one. When all this was happening, that was my busiest year on the show. Like there was one day, the day um, the stock market by three hours in was down over 700 points. And back then it would be like if the market was down 1,500 points at, you know, by two hours in. And that was the day that I think it was the Michael Scott negotiation buying back the Michael Scott paper company. It was a big scene and it's like Steve and and I have to like keep ducking out. Like whenever they'd say, okay, we're going to, you know, let's take, let's take five. You know, I'd like duck out and, you know, Dr. Wilson, Andy Buckley, uh, I, we're, we're going to be fine. It's a temporary thing. I have to be out of the office today. John and, and Dan are in there. You know, meanwhile, I was saying, I'm, I'm like, I got a huge scene. This is so fun. Like I want, <laughs> I want to like, say, right, right. I, I you cannot believe what I'm getting to do today. Of course, couldn't say that. Do you feel like the office spoke to, or how do you think that that crisis affected storylines, either yours specifically or others? Well, it's, yeah, like the shareholders, like we went bankrupt and that sort of coincided with what was going on in the world at the time. So, I mean, I guess the writers were paying attention to their own brokerage accounts you know, which were going down or paying attention to the news. Oh, that was the funny thing. Uh, there were some of the folks at, uh, not my partners or whatever, but like just some of the other folks at Merrill Lynch at the time, they're like, well, are you talking to them about their accounts? I'm like, no freaking way. I'm not mentioning, I, don't, I, I want them to keep writing for me. I like, I want to keep acting. I don't want, I don't want like someone's account. 
And I certainly don't want them thinking I'm like sniffing around. Hey, who handles your money? Hey, you know, why don't you come talk to my partners? You know, that's so great. It, they're, yeah. So they're like, hey, can you go get us Steve Carell's wealth account? Yeah. And like, Greg Daniels. And you're like, no, no. I don't want to work with you guys yeah. anymore. I, I want to do that. I over, I want to do that. Writing. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. And would you be honest about that with them? Would you? Uh, yeah. 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 You know, like the ones that I knew. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm like, there's no freaking way I'm doing it. I just want them to see me as like the CFO and let's keep them around. <laughs> let's keep them around. Um, how do you feel like David, what was his journey through the show? Um, hey, man, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but I mean, I he mean, actually like, he actually goes through quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's it, it's. I always joke, um, like he must have been a terrible CFO because like the company went bankrupt. We had to sell, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, getting involved in local branch things. Like, why are you, you know the Scranton branch? What's going on? And they show up. Of course, the company's going to run out of business if the CFO's doing that. Um, <laughs> and, and it's so funny the way that. The, the writers just get like the whole suck it thing. I think Jen wrote that episode and Krasinski directed that. It's funny. I remember at the time thinking, boy, he's like, he's a pretty good director. Cut to quiet place, which was terrible by the way. What is that? I'm joking. I don't know what that is. <laughs> is that a play he was in? What? Oh, uh, oh, no, I'm joking. kidding. Okay. Um, hey, Krasinski, something good's going to happen for him. He'll have, yeah, a, he's a good kid. He's but, a good kid. But something then when, will happen. They, when they brought him back, it was, uh, you know, I don't know. He's ups and downs we have in life. The uh, he's just some creepy guy hanging out in the tub for a while, and then he gets lucky with the suck it. Like I say about Steve in the deposition, eh, he's a good guy. I think Wallace was a good guy, but you know he probably believed in people. To, you know whatever it was, he, he did. He took his eye off the ball too much, I guess. Right. Like like I guess many people. I mean, it happened to many people during that time. So you know maybe he was halfway decent, but he wasn't great at it. Right. It happened to a lot of people. Oh, meaning like other. Like just in the world, you know, a lot of people that are probably smart, capable people didn't see the financial bubble happening as it did. So we'll put Wallace in that pool. It is interesting to me, though, that, you know, that I think a typical show would serve to demonize the CFO, you know, the, right. the, you know, the, the top, top executives in a way. Yeah, yeah. And both, you know, through the writing and your portrayal, he was a, like a good human being that like, you know, everybody loves Jim, right? That like Jim wanted to hang out with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that, and I think that was the thing. He was just, he was a, a pretty regular guy who, you know, he's married, he's got his kid, I mean, all that stuff. Yeah, and he's not a cliched you know, caricature of uh, the corporate guy that you see on some, I mean, he's just a a normal guy that works hard and does, you know, reasonably well. And then screw, you know, like many people lost, <laughs> lost the company. Right. But yeah. And, and Michael Scott, like his, like in the, in the one, I forget what the episode's called. I think it's in the duel. He, uh, like Michael, you're, you know, all the other branches are failing, but your branch is doing well. You know, what are you doing right? Like his branch always like right. succeeded, even though he was bumbling and all that. But well, hey, he keeps winning. You know, Mark right. Fidrich, you know, to reference someone we know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Age wise, you know, the guy was a crazy pitcher, but he kept winning. Right. Look him up, you kids. <laughs> Mark <laughs> the, Fidrich. The bird. The bird. <laughs> but I think it goes to also your character 
that you go to him and say, what? How, how are you succeeding? How, yeah, yeah, how are you doing this? Yeah. So maybe he was good at his job. Well, or he was embezzling or <laughs> I don't know, something. I did hire Ryan though. That, you know, that was a bad move. That was a bad move. <laughs> <laughs> Infinity yes, 2.0. That was a bad move. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. What do you remember about finding out that the show was going to be concluding do you remember yeah and um i mean it was unfortunate obviously but i think it was great the way it, it ended and they had the year and created all the storylines and it was interesting so I, at the time i was on this flying game and i'm a regular on the show and luckily in the contract it, you know that when you do these things you know it says, oh, you can't do any other shows blah 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 but it, we had put in there like jeff frankel my lawyer had put in there you know if the office calls he can do up to X amount of episodes, which is great because they uh, Greg wanted me for like thirteen or fourteen shows, and technically the it was only you know six or seven or eight or something like that, and so I ended up having to do the other four just like on the phone. But I mean, it was fantastic to get to be a, a fairly big part of the last season, at least mm-hmm. you know to be around a lot, which was fun. Yeah, because because it, it was I mean I was kind of like 
an outsider. So like you guys were there constantly all the time. You're there all, and I just kind of pop in and hey, and you know, everybody's nice and friendly, but it's like I'm the, I don't know what, I'm like the distant cousin sort of thing who shows up every once in a while. I don't know if you were really the distant cousin. I mean, by the rap party <laughs> in Scranton, you were no distant, distant no, you weren't a distant cousin anymore. <laughs> that was so fun. Oh my God. Yeah. I feel like you had a special connection to Scranton. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved it. I mean, Tim and Michelle, and the, those are my two great buddies. And I, I, mean, I know with you as well, and you may have others. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it's funny. I remember the first time I went there, I was like, man, I love this town. This is like, this is a pretty great town. I mean, I've, I've been back there maybe a dozen times. Right. I, I, I went back recently and walked around that old ballpark. Oh yeah, where we did the yeah. That, I mean, my God, how great that was! So fun, that was a blast to get to do that. I mean, it's certainly a fun place to walk around. You walk around and people sort of do a double take, and then Wallace, yeah, because more than half the town probably knows the show, you know knows the show perfectly. How do you interact with fans now? I shun do you them. love it. I shun them. Do you shun them? Yeah, I'm on an HBO show now. I don't have time for these people. <laughs> uh, no, I. You kidding me? I, I like. I'm super interactive. You've seen the David Wallace business card that I've that I hand out. Oh I don't, I don't, no! Oh, is it? It's just, I, oh, that's amazing. You know, kids, you know, or people. You know, generally, it's like college kids are. They come up to me in airports, and they're you know, hey Wallace, and I give them that and say, you know, we're hiring. If you want to get in the paper business, and you have stress balls. That yeah, that I don't know how I can't I thought of that. And it was funny, I was thinking about this during season five or six, and I was in New York and getting to do the other guys, like which was right. the coolest thing, because, yeah, well, Farrell and Wahlberg, and, and I meet Will, he knows everything about the show. He's like, hey, what's going on with the show? And he had seen the episode the night before, and I mean, there's like one of my comedy heroes, and holy crap, he, like, right. he, he knows who I am, oh my God. <laughs> but so I, I would have these stress falls. And I would, I would, I would walk around New York City, and I would have these. And if somebody sort of, you know, said something or something like that, like I would have, I'd, to, I'd toss them a Dunder Mifflin stress ball just because I thought it was funny. And then, and then one night, a uh, like a great friend of mine, uh, she calls and she says, "Buckley, are you, are you like walking around New York tossing out Dunder Mifflin stress balls?" My friend, you know, Tommy called me and said, "I think, I think it was your buddy, but." I mean, I have a ton of fun with it. Why, you know, why not? Because yeah. it's like, I'm not Steve. And I think about you, I'm like, you must constantly just be bombarded. Like, I'm not. I, once a day, twice a day, and it's generally in like a line at a coffee place or whatever. Right, and right, right. It's, yeah, hey, thanks, man. You know, whatever. When it first started, I mean, frankly, I would purposely wear my David Wallace glasses. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> in hopes that someone would say something. This was like the first year or two right. of the show, like, which is so crazy. I remember one time in uh, New York doing the other guys during Halloween, and I literally went out as, as Wallace during Halloween and walked all around. But it was funny. Like, nobody, nobody, nobody you know, I saw, nobody. I saw a couple of Dwight Schrute's and no one you know made the connection but yeah I, so i would purposely walk around wearing the glasses it's interesting though for me that it began in a way in scranton for you yes i mean it was suddenly i'm the convention at the convention and um you know there's like ten thousand people there and they hey it's wallace and uh 
I'm just so happy to be there. I'll, I'm the last guy, like, you know, with you, the last guy to leave the bar and you're serving drinks and having fun and talking to people and photos and everything else. I mean, because I'm a fan of all that. Like when, like when I met Alec Baldwin during that time and I was a 30 Rock fan, I was so excited. You know, there, you know, it's Jack right. Donaghy, it's Jack Donaghy. You know, I mean, you, or if you meet whomever, you know, if you meet some movie star you have been a fan of and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. Right. You know, That's- or a ball player or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, my favorite, my favorite story is, uh, so my wife is an acting coach and she coaches off our garage and some people come to the front door. Normally they just like walk down the, the driveway. And so, uh, we, we were, we're at home and I'm looking all scruffy, like the suck at David Wallace and the doorbell rings. And I know that she's, she's, this woman is coming. I answer the door and it's Courtney Love. And she looked great. Like she's in the suit. Like she looks super put together. And uh, and I said, oh, hey, um, Nancy's just coming down. She'll be back here. Uh, come on back. And then you wait in the back or whatever. And then Nancy comes down and they walk back to the studio. And I guess the first thing that, that Courtney says to my wife is like, what, why, why is the guy from the office in your house? What is, <laughs> why is he here? <laughs> Which is just like, you wouldn't necessarily picture her as a, as as a, a fan, big, you know. Yeah. But I guess her and, and, and their, their daughters watch you know, the show. Love the show. Oh, that's it's awesome. Just, like the people who are huge fans. Like what? Obama was watching it on the way to the inauguration. Like yeah. how crazy is that? It's pretty crazy. cool. Yeah. What are you most thankful for about doing the show? Uh, I mean, it, oh my God, it gave like I got to have an acting career, you know? I mean, seriously, the fact that Allison found that card that I had given her that said Merrill Lynch Buckley, you know, and it was at the bottom of a file drawer. She's just like, I took me an hour to find this card, Buckley. I can't believe I found it. And, um, and it's crazy because of the show. I'm in Jurassic World. Colin is a huge Office fan. That's the only reason I'm in it. Like regular folks, guys who are making shows are huge fans and like, hey, let's get, you know, this guy. Right. Well, you know, one of the reasons that we're having this discussion with people is the show was the number one scripted show on NBC for a number of years. But, you know, to a lot of us, the show is way bigger. Oh, my God. It's huge. Yeah. It's like the num- number of that and Friends are the two biggest shows in the world. Yeah. I mean, in London, it's certainly not what it is here. But, I mean, a couple times a week. You know, some people say stuff. And then certainly when the summer rolls around and you have all the U.S. tourists there. But yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, all over the world, they're they're watching it. You can get a table at a restaurant in Sydney, Australia, I bet. Just say, <laughs> it's Brian Baumgart. <laughs> why do you think, why do you think it has endured? Well, I think it's probably the performance of the guy that played Wallace. Um, no. I mean, it's just exceptionally funny for one. And you have characters and like everybody has a, I mean, you know, some guys, you're their favorite character, Rain, Jim, you know, Steve. And just that the heart that Steve has and brought to it, aside from just the the crazy great humor. So I I think that's, I think that's probably it. And I mean, it's the heart that Steve put into Michael Scott, even though he has all these you know, potential negative, you know, traits. He just had this heart of gold, and I think that is also part of it, along with the comedy. And then just the sexual chemistry between Holly Flax and Kevin Malone. 
Well, for sure yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, last thing. I need you to say two things for me. Yep. Um, this is for oral identification. Yep. I'm Andy Buckley, and I played David Wallace on The Office. I am Andy Buckley, and I played David Wallace on The Office. Good. Say it faster, you f- I'm Andy Buckley, and I played David Wallace on The Office. Awesome. Andy, thank you so much. You are wise, funny, and exceptionally sexy. All right, are we good? Not only are we good. We're great. We're good. Well, there you have it, folks. I I guess he really is as funny in real life as he is on TV. All right, maybe I already knew that, but now you do too. Uh, thank you, Andy, and thank all of you, as always, for tuning in. Make sure to come back next week to hear once again from everyone's favorite office heartthrob, me. No, also John Krasinski. Have a fantastic week, everybody, and uh, I will see you. Uh, I will see you next time. The Office Deep Dive is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Lang Lee. Our senior producer is Tessa Kramer. Our producers are Diego Tapia and Liz Hayes. My main man in the booth is Alec Moore. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by my great friend Creed Bratton. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.